We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. Episode 22 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Alive. I'm your host, Brittany Brombacher, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Greg Miller. Hey, Brittany. Greg Miller, fuck you. Fuck you, Brittany. God, you have such an attitude ever since you discovered that you're a girl and you do whatever you want in this fucking world. We also have Nick Voodoo with us. Bam! Bam! No surprise. He's our guru of all things We're Alive. And we have a very special guest, Petri. Poof. Petri. Right. Poof, he says, a.k.a. Luna Guardian on the forums. Uh, hey, guys. There, there you go. Hey, Petri. Morning. How you doing, buddy? Uh, so now it's unfortunate because we've had this game going back and forth about whether or not Luna was a boy or a girl, and he's been playing both sides of the coin, but now, unless you are a really deep-voiced woman, we kind of <laughs> know who yeah, you are. Yeah, I, I sort of feel bad for Wraith because I'm thinking he was half expecting me to be a girl. Have you, have you been floating and, with him hardcore? Um, have you been setting him up to fail? <laughs> I'll leave that up to him to explain. Are, are, are you the Riley to his angel? <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with We're Alive? Me? Um, okay. Yes, you. Uh, well, I started listening to We're Alive this year, I think. Yeah, this year. But uh, it's actually sort of by an accident because I've been listening to audiobooks and audio dramas and podcasts for a while because I'm just awesome like that. Awesome. And uh, when I ran out of my, by at that time, current current podcasts and audiobooks, I just wrote zombie by random into iTunes and get the show done. Perfect. And you've been hooked ever since. Yeah, pretty much. I got infected. Awesome. Why don't you tell the kids where you're hailing from? Where are you right now? I am in the miserable frozen wastelands of Finland, which, Dang. which some of you might know. I as, would take frozen wasteland right yeah. now. Yeah, I know. I would too. It's boiling hot in my room. Um, I would say you're our first international uh, guest, but we had that Canadian, Bradley Fraser on. That Canadian. That Canadian. Oh, pikey paw. But that doesn't count. Yeah, Cana- Canada's Canada is kind of like the younger brother of the United States, right? That's right. Little... It's our hat. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so, who, anyone here listened to the live stream of the finale? I tried. You, I did. I did it while I was at you work. Did, Greg. You didn't, did you? I did not. No, I'm too big for that. Sadly, I was moving that weekend, Brittany. It's been uh, hectic. So, I, I was I un- un- unable to listen at that okay. moment. I can't give you too much shit because I was on a little mini vacation. So, there you go. There you know. So, we suck, but uh, Nick and Petri, why don't you guys tell us about it? It was a great old, well, I could sort of say it was a great old time. I was actually tethered to my phone at the time because uh, the internet in my rehearsal space is kind of crap. So it was one of those things where it was like, ah, oh no, my internet just crapped out on me in the middle of the show. Like, it actually, like, at the point where we had a little interlude with Lizzie and Scratch and uh, uh, Bricks and Tardust, uh, and, like, the revelation of who Pippin actually was to this whole drama. Uh, I missed that entire conversation because my internet crapped out on me. I also missed uh, right after, like, Kalani did what he did. Uh, uh, I missed that, I missed that part. That thing he did. That thing right. that he did. That thing you do so well. 
And then I, I missed all the pre and post show stuff because I was actually working okay. and just so happened that the show fell on my lunch break. It's amazing what happens when you can schedule your own lunch break. That is amazing because I was going to ask how the pre and um, post show went because Bees Ball, you know, famous We're Not Dead unofficial co-host hosted it along with Sarah, so Mushrooms. So. I did my best, but at the time I was still sort of in the middle of moving and renovating my new apartment that I'm currently at, which is... Oh, that's a Greg Miller yeah. excuse. Yeah, I already used gotcha. that one. Come up with your own. <laughs> I, I had a good reason, but <laughs> I failed, so no, I didn't. I think the real reason that, you know, three out of four of us missed it is because clearly uh, Beesball and Mushrooms are the B team. They didn't have Brit and Greg, so nobody needed Thank a... you. I was Thank just you. thinking the same thing. I didn't even thing. get invited to do this. I didn't get invited to host it. Really? Sarah Strickland, named after a Back to the Future character? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, come on. She's Give him a break. You. you may make fun of Bees, but you know what? He did. I did get to listen to like the last oh, fifteen minutes of the pre-show. Ass. You're pulling a Greg Miller and Jim Gleason thing here. Hey, Jim oh. Gleason no, 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 deserves no. to have his. Ass I make kissed. fun of Bees Ball more, as, <laughs> as much as everyone else does, but come on, give him a break. He did a good job hosting the show, and oh. he didn't cry when he got to talk to Kevin Flood. To the best of my oh, understanding. By the way, that's <laughs> not while we're talking me. about um, your former co-hosts. I would like to give out a shout out, mm-hmm. shout out to Rafe because he never gets enough love, and I've really enjoyed hearing him on uh, "We're Not Dead." That's good. See, people with Rafe, and this is a public thing on the forum, so I'm not being a bitch. Is he says like a lot when he talks, and you know it doesn't bother me, but I guess when he listens to it himself, it pisses him off. So I'm sure he appreciates that comment. I like I like so. him. I do like Wraith, too. I do, too. I just make fun of him a lot because that's just sort of the relationship we have. It's your guys' bromance you have. Yep, it's true. All right, so I am not going to recap Chapter 24 because it is very long and I don't want to but do I, that. But I didn't so listen just... to it. I don't know what happened. Oh, you great. Suck. That would not surprise me. <laughs> Fuck you, Whatever. Ray I've uh, never come on the show not having listened to the fucking show, so don't get all on my face pretty. I, that I was, remember when okay. Bees did that? That's who did it. That's why he's <laughs> that's <BB. can't> <laughs> I do remember that. That was funny. Um, that's more okay, like a C team move. That's a C team, right? So we'll just. I have some significant scenes, quote unquote, written down. Um, feel free to add your own. Feel free to jump in. The first one I'm going to cover was the Lizzie Pegs Riley exchange. Joke. The the thing that first of all, I thought it was extremely stupid for Scratch to even send a team, let alone as early as she did. I mean, if she hadn't sent them early, Michael saw Victor, Bert, and Riley would still have been continued to wait. You know, while shit was going down at the tower, because they came there early, right? Right, but yes. yeah, yeah. So it's it's like if they if they get there early to stake it out, they could have been staking it out for two hours while shit was going down at the tower, and they wouldn't have known, and they would never would have went back. Right, but I think she was hoping to take out at least one of them, uh, one of the like top dogs of the tower mm-hmm. at uh, with the or at the expense of her worst, because that's what Michael said. We, we sent that, our best. That, she knew, right. she knew we sent our, we'd sent our best, and she sent her worst. So in, it, so maybe it was like a crapshoot. Like maybe we'll get lucky yeah, and they'll exactly. pop someone off. Well, if nothing else, if you take into account the fact that she planned this to know that the tower was going to send their best people, and she knew they weren't going to hold themselves to it because they're military people, and she knows they're military people. She knows they're going to try and get the upper hand, so... If she had waited for the entire time, then they would have known something was wrong. They would have left immediately on the two hours, but that would have meant that she would have had to wait for them to leave. So she assumes they're going to go early, then she can start her attack earlier when she knows that they're probably gone. 
Oh, uh, okay. I see. So that sort of thing. So once the deal is set up, she could have already had her people there at the golf course waiting for like four or five hours before right. the deal's even made. Because she knows that like, as soon as she gets a hold of Saul the first time, hey guys, go here. This is where I'm going to send them. Wait until they get there. Call me. And as soon as you call me, that's when I'm starting my attack because I know for a fact it's going to take them at least a half an hour to get there. And I'm going to destroy the tower in 22 minutes. Dang. That's what, well, that's there you go. Thing. There you go. No, I, I see what you're saying. But still, I guess I wouldn't have thought it that way. I guess that's why I'm not a, a leader or a commander, a person in power. And you never will be with that attitude, Brittany. Oh, and there's Greg Miller. You know, nothing to con- to contribute, you know, about the actual uh, podcast. But sure, did you get Did out- you get to hear me? Did you get to hear me at all? I had no. to run away in that middle. That The doorbell rang. Patil was freaking out. I had to drag no, him away. <laughs> I did hear you, but, you know, okay. it was more Nobody acknowledged you know, it. That was the problem. You, I yeah, I need okay. to be acknowledged, Brittany. When I do uh, things. Okay, here, give me your two cents. What do you think about the whole exchange, the quote-unquote fuck-up with um, Pegs and I thought Lizzie the music all. was a bit over the top. <laughs> all right, like, it, I don't know. Like, that's the whole thing. Is that, I think at this point in the show, we, I, I, even on the, se- you know, the season finales, I'm not, I'm not concerned about major people dying. Like, it goes off, I'm like, well, clearly that wasn't her then. And sure enough, oh, it wasn't her. Okay, well, big surprise. Let's see what's happening. But I did like the idea of it setting up you know, the tower being attacked and they keeping them busy, not letting them be able to be in radio contact. Right. I had a feeling it wasn't her. Just, okay, spoilers if you guys haven't played um, Infamous yet. But you know, like, when the, with the whole, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Greg? So I, I don't so. have to, like, spoil anything. I think so. With Trish, yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. no exactly. matter what you do, it's not her. Yeah. Anyway, so, plus we didn't hear Liz, Lizzie at all, say anything. So. You didn't hear the, Mueller, the Mullers say anything at all. All you knew is that they You're were there. Early. To, she, well, we're here too, or no, something. No. That, that was all Saul. That was yeah, Saul. That, that was all Saul. That every, everything that you heard from the point that they arrived at the 18th green was Saul talking. Oh. It sounded weird, and it didn't sound like him a couple times. And like the sixth time I listened to it, I was like, "Oh no, that's just Saul talking the entire time." They didn't say word one to him. They just shot the girl in the head and then got killed. Oh, Which is actually the biggest mistake I think they did because they could have opened fire on the tower folk without shooting, quote unquote, Lizzie. Um, and that way they would have had both the element of surprise, the tower folk. Uh, or at least Saul, I assume, would have been right out there in the open, in the green of the golf course. I've never been to a golf course before in my life, but I'd assume <laughs> it would be a wide open space without much cover, and they could have taken out at least one or maybe more of them. It's true, but I think the, to- the tower people were... It's it's hard to know what Scratch was assuming. or I'm actually even wondering how they got this red-headed girl to agree to go be on her knees with a gun to her head. I don't think she really agreed to that. I, th- I think the gun had something to do with that. The gun might have had something to do with it, but if someone put a gun to my head and said, kneel there until I shoot you... Uh, anyway, I know that obviously wasn't explained to her, because I'm pretty sure the survival instinct might have kicked up at some point. But yeah, I, I think that the thing that doesn't make sense to me about that whole exchange is I think, again, like Luna was saying, it seemed like... I mean, the the, the Maulers would know that the Tower people were on edge and were expecting something, but they weren't expecting what. And I think that shooting uh, the hostage was probably the way to try and catch them off guard was... But it just completely backfired because they all sucked anyway, so they right. died horrible, miserable deaths. So way to go, Scratch. Um, Arthur says, I said it before and I gotta sit that boy Saul down for a talking to. His tactics suck. He had, he had about 24 hours to think about it, and the best he can think of is trying to double-cross an ambush set up by the enemy. Hey, diddle-diddle, straight up the middle and onto an enemy-prepared position is loco. He's not thinking clearly. 
there you go, Greg. He's exactly. trying to find the woman he loves. He, right? he doesn't have, he, he doesn't have time to sit there and actually plan things. He's, he's no. just sitting there being a crybaby. <laughs> but you would have done the I same do, thing. It's okay. I would have come up with a better plan. I do like the... F- I do like the fact that Casey made it so that he backtracked. Like, he didn't have the fake exchange in mind when he contacted Scratch the first time. He actually had to backtrack and go, uh, no, this is really my plan. I swear to right. God. Yeah. It's all Saul. And I'm sure Wraith, that was good fo- uh, fodder for Wraith and his whole, you know, Saul acts and then he thinks. Which is true. Um, another, well, we can talk about that whole uh, thing that happened with Kalani. I mean, shit. Wait, something happened with Kalani? Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, so I hate to break it to you, but Kalania killed himself. No. <gasps> no. Yeah. One of our favorite think? characters on the show. He, he I know. I, I got real, I wrote on Kevin Flood's Facebook wall. I'm like, you're coming on. We're not dead, regardless if you're dead or not. It made me really sad. Well, then again. So what did you guys think about then that? Then again, this is the zombie apocalypse, so maybe he's not going to stay dead. Dun, dun, dun. Man, I hope he stays dead. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Samantha and Kalani reunite. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm Kalani. <laughs> I, I, Zombie Kalani would be hilarious. He would not be able to run fast. He wouldn't be able to jump far. He would just sort of, he would just sort of glomp actually, everywhere. But, but actually, there yeah. was talk on the forums not long ago about a new breed of flying zombies. Oh, like pterodactyls, but zombies. We're breaking out all the Gremlin, Gremlin Two zombies. Everybody's <laughs> just drinking chemicals and turning. That's into what things. I thought of when I first heard of the flying zombie theory. I was like, Gremlins. Gremlins. Don't feed them after midnight. No. <laughs> so Kalani's last quote was. There's something in Bill's desk I want you to have. That girl, that was my Hannah. Angel, I'm sorry about that flat tire. And then kaboom. But first of all, were you guys surprised that Kalani, Kalani was killed off? Yes. No. No? Greg, why not? I think we've been predicting it for a long time. He's been a character. He's one of the guys who got introduced, right? And didn't strike a really strong chord, it seemed, with a lot of fans. And it seemed like he was never going to be one of the main survivors. We always talked about him having this purpose, right, of being able to fly. That was his shtick. And then when he started, you know, training a second flyer who's a main character, it's like, oh, okay. Well, now he can be. He's one of the ones who can die and not have it be like, you know, throw the, tr- the sh- show off the rails. You. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What about you, Petri? You said no. Yeah. I mean, you said well, yes. Well, I didn't think that well I I didn't expect Kalani to survive the entire series because like you said it's yeah he's he's out of shape and he's sort of annoying at in the beginning and doesn't really play any major role after Peg's learned how to fly but I was still expecting her to make uh, him to make it make it out of there uh, alive and then die at a later date I was I was fully expecting him to die, but not now and not here. Uh, it did not surprise me that he died. It surprised me how he decided to do it, because you know we've we've he's been out of shape. He's been, uh, you know, every time you hear him, like even like the most recent conversation, why does everyone keep calling me fat? Well, because I've lost my Buddha belly and mm. you haven't. You know, mm. everyone's still making fun of his weight. You figure what's going to happen to him is he's going to get chased down and eaten <laughs> or, you know, something like something that he can't get away from because he's physically unfit to do it. Not that he sacrificed himself in an absolutely heroic way trying to save the tower, albeit a horribly wasteful way because it didn't ultimately work. But it bought the tower enough time to get out and away and provided the cover for them, sort of. So the way the way surprised me, and actually to the point that I almost cried on the subway Aww. on the way home. <laughs> That's adorable. It's adorable. I was in the middle of the R train. I was like, 
Kalani. shed a man tear. And I shed, I did, I shed a man tear, and then that was the end I of that. I had a feeling something was going to happen to Kalani as soon as Steven found out that he got picked to go on his helicopter. And he was like, oh, right on, I got Kalani's airplane. I'm like, oh, shit, Kalani's going to die now. <laughs> Speaking of which, can we all just talk about just for a moment how awesome it was that Steven got his block knocked yeah. the fuck off? Yeah, wasn't that amazing? Yeah. That was my one of my favorite parts of the my entire... My favorite part is when he wakes up, and he's like, what happened? And Angel's like, you ran into a wall. And Bert's like, I hate you. You ran into a wall. And then Bert's out, outburst, I hate you. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was, were you guys surprised that Michael and Angel were considering the deal with Scratch on the roof, on the balcony? No. No, because you know what? That has been their MO from the beginning, is they consider every option before they decide not to do what they know is right, and Bert just cut them off and stopped them for going around. It's the same thing Peg said. You're just going to go around for five minutes and come right back to the same decision. Bert just cut off the five minutes like Pegs did at the end of, in the middle, uh, just before the war started. There you go. Yeah, Bert was pretty much a badass this this chapter. Bert I really like awesome. Bert. He's always he a badass. Was. Even like his little epic, the shakes left me and their asses were done or whatever the hell yeah, it was. Yeah, and their asses just, were all fair game or something like that. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, is there any other main events? I was going to now start talking about the characters that survived and died and we can go a little more into those. Kind I of. want to point out how long it took that tanker truck to get to the, uh, the building, right? <laughs> it's, start firing! They're, like, firing forever. It's like and Kalani, <laughs> Kalani has all this time to sit, get a helicopter there and say all this crap. It's like, man, they are, like, three miles away when they start shooting at it. <laughs> that is true. I didn't think yeah, of that. Yeah, P- Puck obviously doesn't know how to throw a big rig in reverse. Uh, let's, just, <laughs> let's just point that out. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard, but apparently he just can't do it. Or he's shit himself, so he can't Where's actually. Were some of the tires put... blown out in his defense? I guess. You know. Well, that shouldn't I, really prevent I, you from I, being you know... able to back it the hell up. You can roll on the rims of a damn truck if you have oh, to. Okay. I love rolling damn. on rims. Have you really? Greg? They see me rolling. I said I love hate... rolling on rims. Exactly. There we go. Nick's got <laughs> oh. my back. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out in the very beginning when Michael was uh, projecting his fear onto Saul about uh, the whole pegs exchange. They stopped in the middle of the argument when Saul's like, who the hell do you think I am? And Michael doesn't have an answer to it, which makes me think that Michael might have actually, if put in the same situation, he might have actually made the trade. Because he said you're someone very trade. desperate, right? It's not all he Yeah, had. like the, the desperation part, but the conversation sort of stops yes. right around the point where Saul's like, who the fuck do you think I am, dude? Do what the hell's wrong with that? you? Right, right. I think that Michael, if Michael had the situation reversed, he might have actually made the trade. <gasps> Possibly. I don't know that's actually true. Da-da-da. But I think the thought crossed his mind that he, that Saul would do it, which makes him think that, you know, that's obviously something he's capable of doing because he had the same thought process. It's one of those things, right, that, I mean, Michael uh, had to, you know, is always pushed into the leadership role. I think he'd much he'd much prefer to be worrying about a small group, just him and Pegs, his family. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the argument you come down to. It's similar to, like, in Walking Dead, right? Rick Grimes is the leader of the pack all the time, but when it comes down, when the shit really hits the fan, he's worrying about his family. Okay, so let's talk about our remaining cast. So for sure, we know Michael, Pegs, Riley, Datu, Kelly, Tanya, and Hope have survived. Hooray for Hope. Now, Greg... Greg, what, what, what's your feeling about Hope surviving, bud? <laughs> what a surprise. They won't kill the kid, huh? Aww. They killed the kid in the last season finale. Come on now. They, well, they don't want to repeat the things. Yeah, uh, Tommy, Tommy just acted like an idiot. He wasn't blind like this one. <laughs> so so what, she 
went down there to go get Lady, and she locked herself in. She, like, went through the door, and she couldn't find her way out. I don't understand. No, if, if her way got blocked by something, I think, when the roof collapsed or something. I don't know. Something something blocked the, her path so she couldn't get out, and uh, Angel had to move whatever it was. What was that brilliant quote by Angel? Oh, when she's going down the zip line, he's like, here, you'll take Lady, too. Just close your... Just hold your <laughs> breath, okay? <laughs> that was pretty funny. And then some people have taken that, like... <gasps> Hope can see because she said it's really far, and then Angel covers it up by saying, uh, "You close your, I mean, hold your." No, she's blind. Let <laughs> well, it go. she's not a hundred percent blind, right? No, no, but she she can't see probably three feet in front of her face. Oh, there we go. Um, let's see. Lizzie is assumed to be with the Maulers. Mm-hmm. Correct. GD Elite has a comment on Lizzie. He says, "Scratch doesn't want to shoot Lizzie, and I'm pretty sure she was lying when she said it was because of the bargaining chip. This leads me to believe that Scratch possibly could have lost a child or had a miscarriage or something before all of this started. Now, where he's getting that from is because at one point, Scratch said she would sweeten the deal and give two of the towers back in exchange for pegs. So the main question is, who, who is this other character? Oh, is it a bun in the oven? Mm, or is it Like Skittles? I've been predicting forever. Yeah. Skittles! Yep. Skittles! He's not one of ours. We <laughs> no. don't want him. Too bad. He's your problem. <laughs> Here, take him. It's yours. No. Anything must go. Uh, so what do you guys think about that pregnancy theory? The, you know, the two characters. Do you agree that it's probably Lizzie's unborn child? I agree with it. I think it sounds yeah. very, very good, like, for a theory. And I also agree with the fact agree, that, yeah. uh, or the theory, that... Uh, Scratch has had a miscarriage or lost a child at some point. Right, because when um, Lizzie was like, go ahead, shoot me, and she you know she couldn't do it, and Lizzie was saying, you can't do it, you can't do it. And you know what's really, uh, it's just, again, one of those stupid little semantical I noticed because it's a script thing. It wasn't, uh, I'm going to do it. It's like, I can do it, as in, I am physically capable of doing it. She didn't say, I'm going to do it. So it's like, I can do it. You're not gonna, and it was just one of those weird like semantics. The the language didn't quite fit the exact situation. Like I can actually do it if I feel like it, but it yeah, wasn't. But I'm put, going to do it. Uh, put yourself into uh, that situation where you'd be lazy. Would you really start arguing semantics with someone like Scratch? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a semantical argument. I'm saying from the script mm-hmm. analysis point of view, what Scratch said didn't really, didn't really fit as perfectly as I'm going to kill you versus I can kill you. Okay. Which is what she said. That's it. Fair enough. Just a script analysis. Semantic argument. Um, Saul and Victor were left on the street after the RPG missed their Hummer, but demolished it in some fashion. At which point I choked again. Oh. I choked a lot in this episode. Like, the most in one chapter ever, including the uh, one where Samantha died. Chapter... Whatever. Oh. At which po- at at. Hey oh, man, sorry. spoilers. Come on, <laughs> spoilers, everyone. <laughs> but I I choked a lot when Samantha died, and then I choked again when at at the uh, exchange at the golf course, and when the RPG hit the Hummer, and we'll get to the rest later, I assume. Wow. I must be a cold-hearted bitch. I mean, I didn't, like, at any point, I wasn't upset. I mean, when Kal- Kalani died, I wasn't really... I mean, I was sad, but I saw it coming, so it wasn't like I bawled my tears out or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. I'm totally with you, Britt. Like, I, like the Samantha episode was, I thought, way more touching or, like, you know, tugged at my heartstrings more than this one. I agree. I absolutely agree. Even though Kalani almost made me cry in the bar train. You're a monster, Luna. What? You're an emotional monster. Get it together, man. <laughs> <laughs> on the internet. Pull your balls back. Uh... Whoa. Just, just no. joking. Kalani is um, dead, so we won't talk about him. 
Angel was on the rooftop before the RPG hit, and then he was gone afterwards. Theories on Angel? Yeah, totally. He's the other one, right? That's what Scratch came to. was like when she says the end, uh, yeah. I got what I came for. Mm-hmm. He didn't narrate for a while, did he? He didn't narrate, at I all. don't think, at all okay. this chapter. You hear from his point of view but you don't. when he's talking to right. Steven, but you never hear him narrate. He's right now, so he probably can't write. Jeez. Well, it's probably fine. not. If you fell off a rooftop. Yeah, you'd like to think that, but I, I bet it won't be. He'll be fine. Him and Bert are going to be right back to normal. Except Bert, Bert will be uh, wounded in the bicep. Yeah, like every, every great action hero, Bert will be wounded on the bicep, and it does, doesn't harm him in, in any, any way, shape, or form. He'll form a tourniquet. Just tie like a cloth around it. It'll be fine in an hour. Um, old man Bert, I almost got my prediction. I mean, maybe I did, maybe I did not. Bert fell while ziplining to the other rooftop. However, Bert has narrated, so we know he lives to see another day. At least I'd like to assume that's what that means. It w- wouldn't it be such a kick in the teeth if Casey changed the rules on us? Yeah. Because this is a rule that we've all assumed. We don't know it's actually true. You, you, the narration doesn't necessarily have to be the journals. We just assume it is because that's sort of what the premise was mm. set up as. It would be the biggest kick in the mouth if Casey changed the rules and Bert's Surprise! actually dead. But you heard him narrate. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, y'all. Um, Arthur had a comment about Bert. He said, Bert is on the zip line. The greatest point of stress will be at the rider. If the rope snaps there, the rider falls. If it breaks somewhere else, the rider can clamp down on the handbrake and do a Tarzan, right? So right now I see Bert do the Tarzan thing into the side of a building and getting onto one of the balconies. Balconies and breaking ropes <laughs> are getting to be a habit. Uh, maybe that happened, but obviously now the Maulers have Bert, I'm assuming. I mean, you know, put him with the old man. So uh, maybe something... You have that urge, Leopold. Yeah, maybe Come on. something bad went down. When he's talking about swinging on the the rope like Tarzan or whatever, yeah. I was thinking George of the Jungle. Like he just hits the he just hits the wall like a oh, cartoon like character splats. and slides down. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Uh, let's see. And Lewis probably died playing video games, which is you know I guess that's yeah. a good yep. way to go. And we have Skittles. What, what's Skittles? Going on? What is going on with Skittles, you guys? Skittles is nowhere near the tower. We're not going to see Skittles till like midway through next season. He'll be riding a horse. That's my opinion, at least. Greg, will you be happy when Skills makes an appearance? Only if he's riding a horse. <laughs> okay. Petri, what do you think about Skittles as um, a character? I kind of like him because he's sort of crazy like me, but uh, oh. uh, at the same time... Luna! Like a human Pokemon? It's kind of yeah. what he reminds me of. Uh, but but then again, at the same time, he's sort of annoying, again, like me. So maybe I can, maybe I can oh, relate to him somewhat. He's not annoying. Uh, but I think he's also sort of like... An unknown factor, well, definitely an unknown factor, because we have no idea who he is, uh, what he's been through. Maybe maybe he's the cause of all this. Oh. I'm, I'm throwing that theory dun, out dun, there. Dun. is the dun, beginning dun, dun, dun. of all of this. So would you go it alone like Skittles during a zombie apocalypse? Um, I actually have several almost detailed plans on the forums, all of which include nice. uh, hanging out with my friends at their cottage in... Lapland, which, if you guys don't know, is about... It's it's sort of the equal uh, of a even even colder, snowier, emptier Nevada desert. Fantastic. I'm sure you'll live a long time. Hmm. Or die I- of hip- hypothermia. Bored out of your mind with cabin people. <laughs> we already live in cabins, though. Hmm. Touché. Um, so let's go on to some plot questions, I guess. Unanswered questions. Uh, who the heck is Hannah? He's Kalani's girlfriend or wife so a theory a popular theory is that hannah is clonny's like you said girlfriend wife fuck buddy or daughter whatever um so i love how one of those things is not like the other 
<laughs> Maybe it, she's so all what the above. So does this mean for Kalani's rule at the tower if that's the case? It it is going to be used as, as as a distraction because I don't think that he was the rat because I still think the rat and the assassin are the same person. And there's again, Kalani's out of shape. There's no way that he has a chance to ditch like like the the thing people are saying is that the the thing that Angel found in the desk in Bill's desk was the silenced pistol which was used as the weapon that killed Pippin. Uh, Kalani can't run up that many stairs and down in time without having a heart attack. So he's not, I, I think he's going to, the, the discovery of Hannah, if it's within the Muller camp, is going to be used to make Kalani look like the rat, but I don't think he is. I think it's still someone else alive, which sort of boils it down to two people now, which is just Riley and Kelly. Um, another theory was that, let me, this is from Archangel. So here's an abstract view on the name term Hannah, though. What if he didn't, oh, wait, wait, wrong one. Oh, no, here we go, here we go. Okay. So, A remix to uh, remix, it was back to normal. Remix. Okay, here we go. What if his reference, this was the right one, what if his reference was to the word Hannah, spelled H-E-I-N-A, pronounced the same. If you look up the word in urban speak, it means male referring to his girlfriend, term of endearment, my woman, queen, highness, above all other women, slang for fine bitch, main bitch. The, <laughs> <laughs> the band Sublime uses the term in their song. So it, it's it's a slang, you know, for whatever. Um, however, Casey has said on the forum that Hannah is spelled H-A-N-N-A-H. Yes. So, there, that debunks that theory. Greg, who do you think Hannah is? And what role does she have? I think, I mean, I don't know. And, I, and so I, de- I definitely think it's a, it's a relationship of some kind. A girlfriend, wife, secret love. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's family, but I have nothing really to base that on. It's just the way he said it made me jump to that conclusion. Great. What about you, Petri? I think Hannah's his wife or girlfriend or, like you said, fuck buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, so we're all someone, on the same page, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. No, not, not, not his daughter, because how, how old have we... Haven't we even been told how old Kalani is? Kalani is in his late 30s, I believe, to 40s. I think that yeah. was one of Dottie's yeah, early there's descriptions. No, there's no way Hannah could be his daughter, I think. How, why not? Because, uh, late, uh, well, oh, sure he could. Because if Kalani's in his late, say, late 30s, he mm-hmm. would have had to be, um, well, I guess it's technically possible. I but think he men should, can he get have... women pregnant at, like, almost any age. It's not like, you know, like a woman thing. So, well, I mean, sure, you know, true. You hear about those but... awkward situations with teachers and whatnot, but continue. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, didn't, I don't think so that's, uh, that's he was we're gonna 14 say. when he... <laughs> that's the conclusion we're going to jump to with this one. That's exactly the conclusion. It, it's possible, but I don't think so. Uh, Hannah's his daughter, but it's not very likely because, like I said, Kalani would have had to be like 14 or 15 to be of the right age to produce an offspring <laughs> of the suitable age. Okay. I think this, as, I, the one thing maybe. I wonder, though, is whether or not Hannah was someone that was based in LA or whether or not Kalani took her from Hawaii here. Because I, I'm pretty, I think we all pretty much agree at this point that his story is true, that he mm-hmm. did come from Hawaii. We saw the Hawaiian Airlines thing, which I think was Casey's way of saying, "Ah ha ha ha." Right. I think th- there is... to just point us in the right direction that he's not telling a lie to us about that, and mm-hmm. he only survived with three people, three only three other people other than him, or maybe it's no, I'm sorry, three people total survived that flight and made it off the tarmac. So I'm wondering whether or not he was attempting to get to L.A. to get to Hannah, or whether or not Hannah was with him and they got split up somehow. 
when the shit went down at the other tower. Right, whether, and then the whether they found both her. escaped and right. the, he got captured by a zombie and then the Maulers found her or right. whatever. And now, another theory is that the redhead that was shot, that was supposed to be Lizzie, is Hannah. Correct. And right. that that's the only thing that's really changed that we know of. Because maybe he was like, ah, shit, my Hannah said I'm going to go kill myself now. So you never know. Uh, I was just wondering, how did... Kalani find out who this person was because if I remember correctly he wasn't there at the golf course and while while it is possible that the tower folk checked the ID or whatever on this uh, on Hannah uh, it's I don't I don't think Kalani could have been absolutely 100% certain that uh, it was Heath Hannah on the golf course it could have been any redhead uh, woman of approximately the same description, unless Kalani knew already that the Mollers had his Hannah. Right, that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, obviously, he would have been filled in on the, after he picked them up from their spot, option C location, whatever. Um, you know, if they said, yeah, you know, girl, redhead, and then he knew that they had her in, his, in you know, their possession, and he had threatened him in the past, you know, you don't do this, but who knows? We don't know. We don't know enough, I guess. Yeah, there's not nearly enough no. information for us to nope. make, e like, even these are such stabs in the dark. I don't think there's remotely exactly. enough information for us to actually take a good educated guess at who the hell Hannah is. Right. Okay, so um, any new thoughts on who the rat or shooter is? I know, Nick, you had a theory about this or something similar. Uh, when Angel had the whole thing with uh, being outed for dropping uh, Latch off to Scratch... Uh, and there was Michael says no, it, it couldn't have been Angel that killed Pippin because he was with me the entire time. And Angel said yes, and that's not true. Right, because Bert, um, Bert was you know saying I think we know you guys had a history him and Scratch. You know I think we're looking at the killer right now. Right. And Michael's like no, that's not possible. Angel was with me, right, Angel? And he's like yes. yeah, I was. And he doesn't refute it. And we know for a fact that he wasn't there, and that he technically, because the wire, the only thing that he couldn't have done was cut the wire. Unless he's tripped the alarm somehow in the room and then went and cut the wire later, which makes no sense. <laughs> so I mean, odds and he, are, he like steps out of the room and then like comes back like two seconds later. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see that. Yeah, I, that that's the part that that makes that theory entirely fall apart. But I thought that was another one of those it's interesting easy. things. It's easy to trick blind people. <laughs> I know that's true, but then you have to trick that stupid uh, Brit. Personal experience, Nick. No. No. Um, another thing was that people were picking up on Kelly's interest of Lewis. Yes. Yeah. Nick, I think that was also another thing that you had brought up, too. That she, uh, because she is now... Kelly is absolutely completely aligned with the tower. Like, Michael is absolutely correct in saying that Kel, whoever the rat was is now mm -hmm. with the tower. Kelly's with the tower. She knows what... She, if she's the rat, she knows what she did. And mm -hmm. she doesn't want to see... Especially a lawyer wouldn't want to see someone go down for a crime they didn't commit. So her interest in Lewis could indicate that she is feeling guilty about having someone else take the fall for her actions. And she should, because he literally took the fall for it, because now he's squished. Buzzing. Sad, sad, sad. <laughs> you know what? He was playing Rampage. He was playing Rampage. It made it all worthwhile. Rampage? Oh, I love that I game. know. Isn't it great? And it's the perfect analogy for the story. Because <laughs> there's no dinosaurs wandering around, but that's okay. There's big apes. Um, yeah, will somebody end up don't naked? Don't spoil it. Someone end up what? Naked. <laughs> I, no. <yeah. laughs> yes. Someone will end up naked. 
Oh, gosh. Um, so we have some more theories about, you know, Scratch saying that she had the second, you know, the second tower folk to trade over. Um, Shellfish says, Saul's survival is now iffy, so if he is dead, Lizzie will have to be pregnant as a way to keep his memory intact. It is only right. Um, then other people think it's Skittles, too, but we already talked about this. Skittles. So. No. Skittles. Going over this. Next topic, where the hell is the helicopter going? No confirmation they're heading to Fort Irwin. They very well could just be heading somewhere to regroup, gather their wits, and then maybe do, like, a search and rescue mission. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. No. no I like guys. the idea of them just the day of the deading it, just flying off, just going out wherever. Just going. Or yeah. I don't think they'll mount a search and rescue mission yet. As soon as they hear something from Angel or Bert or Saul or any of the other survivors at the tower or from the molars that haha we have your friends still uh at that point they might start thinking hmm our friends are there we should go and rescue them and bert will of course say no we must not because that's dumb (laughs) (laughs) i love your bert impression it's better than mine it's a lot better than mine too who did scratch get and why did she want them yeah. At the end of at the end of the episode, the zombies were gone. They left when the building went down, and so they're scratching. I think it was it Tardust. They were searching yeah. around. Yeah, and, and Bricks um, is there too. Yeah, and they say, "Oh God, it's pretty bad, but this guy's breathing. Should we take him with us?" And Scratch says, "Put him with the old man. I found what I was looking for." I I'm pretty sure most people are assuming it was Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You don't think? Because I mean, the only other person that she would know is uh, nobody, unless she found Steven oh, in the rubble. She did- she doesn't know anyone. Yeah, and she wouldn't know Saul just by looking at him. Because, I mean, I could see why she'd be pissed off at him, you know, for, but she... No, she, she would know Saul by looking at him, because she's really, like, that's, like, her, seems to seems to be her oh, latent... She's, she's seen Saul before, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, during right. the, the whole tanker thing. Um, but Saul's, you know, mobile, so he's not going to be in the wreckage. But there's, I don't think there's anyone else in the tower that she knows. She knows Michael, she knows Angel, she knows Pegs vaguely by appearance. Right, right, right. She's never encountered Riley. She hasn't encountered uh, Kelly, in theory. <laughs> um, you know, there's only a few certain amount of people that she's encountered in the tower, and Angel's the most obvious one left behind other than Saul. But again, he's moving somewhere mm-hmm. else. Correct. Because those two, for sure, we were, on, were already on the ground, and they weren't, like, suffering, like, life-threatening injuries. No, so. just annoyance from an RPG knocking their Hummer yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. By the way... Yes. Sir, uh, am I the only one who uh, thought that the fact that Tanya said there's no way he could have survived that uh, when Bert fell is a telltale sign that he's still actually alive and yeah. perfectly okay? Because there's no one ever in the history of movies, books, or audio drama that has died when anyone has said there's no way he could have survived that. <laughs> no, okay. it's happened before, you can, you but can, usually you can it's... be thrown into the Mount Doom, and then the evil overlord of whatever can say, "There's no way you could survive that." Ah, ha ha! The world is mine. And then the hero climbs back in the third or fourth act and challenges and overcomes and gets the girl and end credits. Nice. Okay, that's exactly how it's going to end. What were you going to say, Nick? Were you saying something? Um, I mean, it, it it happens in movies sometimes, but I. Bert's alive. This isn't a movie. Bert's it's alive. an audio drama. <laughs> he's 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 relatively alive, considering he's not in a car being trampled by zombies or crushed by a building. So he 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 got off light. He did good. Um, okay, so we have a few more topics. Next one is where is Dry and what's going on? Does he really know what's going on with the whole scratch pigs? 
obsession. He may have an inkling about the obsession, but I don't think he knows what Scratch is doing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Agreed. so either. Yeah, it seemed like that was a, this whole this whole thing was off the books. Mm-hmm. I think and Scratch I, is mounting a coup. For a second, I thought Lizzie was gonna um <clears throat> kind of not put like put you know um, a, a light bulb in Tar and Brick's you know head like you know she's she's running this on her yeah, own. The, I thought for a second they'd be like <gasps> what? Turn turn it turn her people against Scratch. Yeah. And that's again like I think I mentioned it. I might have even been the last episode that I was on. Uh, saying that Scratch is going to be undone by her own... Or something she's going to do is going to cause her own downfall. It's not going to be done by like the hand of the tower. Um, and I think that Lizzie is going to be a huge part of it because she's going to be able... You, she's a doctor, and she's got a degree in psychology. She's going to be able to eventually turn weaker-minded people to her cause. It's just a matter of giving her enough time to do it. Right. right. She doesn't need it any time. She needs a loudspeaker. <laughs> I think that'll get her killed really quick. Greg, where is Jirai? Where is he? Yeah, where do you think he is? Is he at the colony? No, they have their no. own. He's, he's he's at the special Mauler camp. Oh, okay. They have a little special camp set up. That makes yeah. sense. I'm still thinking the other tower personally. I still but, I oh, still the... think that he's found the other tower, and isn't that nearby? Oh no no, that's in the colony. Never mind. Just kidding. Uh, it, it's else. somewhere down south in LA, I assume, right, right, because right. again, hope got dragged, hope got carried to the colony. So, the further south you are, the more likely you are to live and not die. So, I think somewhere down south is where Dry is. Okay, and then a few other topics we have: what, where are the special zombies? Who, what, where is Ink? Are, are we going to see them again before they fly? Because they're already in the helicopter, but we might see them through the other party, the Saul. Victor party. And who is Randy? What happened at the waterworks? We There's still a lot of open-ended questions, which I guess was to be expected. We really didn't find out much at all in this finale, did we? Did we even find out anything? Yep, we found out what Pippin's purpose was. Pippin's purpose. Uh, yes, that yes, we did. So, go ahead, Nick. Tell us all about Pippin. Well, Pippin... Uh, Pippin Longstocking. Pippin Longstocking. The one that got shot in the face. Um, he... Uh, sorry for every British listener... Um, <laughs> just, I, I, I'm so sorry. Um, but Pippin was sent there okay. specifically. Sorry. That's okay. Pippi Long, uh, Pippi Longstrom, uh, Longstockings is Swedish. I know, oh. but I use the stupid Cockney accent to, to announce it. So oh. that's what I'm apologizing for was the horrible representation of the English, uh, speaking <laughs> people. Um, Pippin. Then I apologize. <laughs> I unapologize. Uh, Pippin was sent in <laughs> as a mole to figure out if Pegs was still in the tower so she could contact Scratch so Scratch could come in and raise hell and kill her. And that was his right. purpose. And that was funny because I missed it <clears throat> that entire conversation. The first time the first you listened, time to, I listened it? to it, because oh, I did too, because I couldn't catch Pippin's name at first. I didn't hear Pippin's name, and so I was like putting the pieces together. I'm like, oh my god, they're totally talking about Pippin, and I thought I made a grand discovery <laughs> to find out that I said Pippin was the very first word of that sentence. Yeah, I just missed it because my internet went away. So then when I came back onto the forum, I was like, I was six for eight on my predictions for the, and then I listened on the subway ride on the way home, and I got back out and I was like, hey, I'm seven for seven on my predictions for chapter twenty-four. Uh. Nick, Nick, Nick. So I bought Pippin's original story, so I feel kind of like a loser. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, leaning towards uh, you probably deserve to die because you were sent there purposefully, and we were told right. you were being sent there purposefully, but we didn't know why. Now we know the why, and now we know that he was a brick. 
Yeah, that bastard. A prick that everyone wanted to beat up, apparently. <laughs> um. So, I mean, if there's anything else you want to discuss before we start getting into, like, future predictions or whatnot. Mr. Please. Whiskers. Oh, yeah, that's very sad. One of the main characters is dead. <laughs> I want to call absolute shenanigans on the wall safe in Burt's oh, okay. and Locked and Loaded. Please do. Because okay, they never described the size of that thing. There, it was just not described at all, and you never knew what was in there. You knew something cool was in there, but could it have been 40 pounds of C4 stacked in bricks? Because when I think of a wall safe, I think of something like, I think Arthur said, it's two by two by two. It's two feet wide by two feet, and it never described how big it was, so you had no idea how, like, you held a rocket-propelled grenade launcher and 10 rounds of ammunition in a wall totally. safe, and to me, that's not a wall safe. That's a that, bank vault. He had a bank vault in there. That's something, was. It needed to be described as something bigger, and I don't want to say that's like a fault of the storytelling, but it was so early on that I think that it might have been one of those things that may have been overlooked, that the size of it uh, needed to be described a little bit better, but it never came back up. And So I just call shenanigans on the idea that we weren't told how big that safe was. It wasn't described. Now, when was the wall safe brought up in the, audio, in the show? It was brought before? up in Chapter 3. Mm -hmm. uh, when they first got into Locked and Loaded, I think it might have been chapter part two. I don't remember right now, but sometime in chapter three, it was brought up that, oh, we got to Locked and Loaded. Oh no, it was all raided. Hey, there's some dude that's dead in the bathroom, and it sort of they sort <laughs> of just glanced over the fact that the wall safe was broken into, and it was brought up. It was broken into expertly, which led us to the Maulers, but it never told us how big it was, so we never knew how awesome the weapon could be. So okay. that's what I call shenanigans on was just not being informed of how large it was so we could get a scale and scope and idea of what it mm -hmm. could be. And that may have been done on purpose. It may have been an accident. I don't know. Ultimately, it turned out to be cool. He, but... Yeah, I had a feeling that they had an RPG. I mean, you when you think of like, what are we going to do with that thing or whatever word they use to describe it? I mean, I maybe it's because I play too many video games. So whenever someone refers to a badass weapon as like that thing, I think RPG immediately. So that wasn't surprising. Well, it could be a quantum safe. Larger on the inside than on the outside. It's a wormhole. It's a TARDIS. Da -da -da. It's the TARDIS. Exactly. Oh, so much more sense. I think, I think we should all take a, a moment of silence to say goodbye to all the red shirts of the tower. Oh, yeah. Because they're all dead. <laughs> I know. And you will not be missed because you added not too much to the story, except Steven. And I'm, yeah, just, no, I'm Steven... just glad that you're dead. That's all. So they, they were overrun by zombies, right? Yeah. Well, not all of them, apparently. I thought that they were the, all The first overrun. car. The first car was, right. Yeah, I thought they were all... I thought that Steven collected everyone and got them downstairs, and then, you know, there's the Tanya, is that everyone? And then Michael's all upset because the tower collapsed, and that was everyone. I thought yeah, that everyone like got that. out in the cars and got wrecked by the zombies coming up. Yeah, but... it's very sad. Oh, well, it was a good way to kill all of them off, because, yeah, I mean, we didn't care about them anyway. Nor did we even know who they were. Oh, we did, what about uh, Blue Jay and Robin? Those guys. Eh. Nah, they were white. They were... They, yeah. Who? The, the guys that were that They were the ones that the found the hospital bell. helicopter. Yeah. But they were whiny little bitches. Oh. Because they didn't even want to go near it. Oh, pfft. You blame them? God, Nick. All right. So mm, we have... Now we can get into, like, for the future, what's going to happen. Little Survivor has a theory. It says, I wonder, did anyone grab some supplies? I mean, it was all packed. But if nobody grabbed anything then, how will they do it? The ammunition they had on them got pretty much used up in the fight. So how are they going to create a save base, at least? Because I'm sure they'll come back for Saul and Victor alone, of whom they know that are probably alive, without ammunition, food, water, fuel, or anything else. 
So I, I think they're going to they're they're not going to Fort Irwin. I mean, we don't know that actually. We don't know where they're going, but I have a feeling they're not going to Fort Irwin right now. Agreed. He and Vic, uh, Kalani were supposed to do a mission that night to go scope it out. Right. Right. Yes. Right. So I don't know. I, what do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna like post up locally and just like scope things out, see how things settle down, try to find Victor and Saul. It seems like they, uh, Tanya might be able to force the hand of trying to find Saul, but I think Michael will probably resist that really hard because he's already stuck his neck out a lot for Saul. So I don't know that he's going to necessarily listen. It's going to probably take someone else to convince him that they need to try to mount, a, try to mount a mission to go find Saul and try and find Victor. Uh, he, is, he, he assumes that uh, Angel and Bird are both gone, so the only people alive left in L.A. that he cares about are Lizzie and Saul and Victor, so... I think that they're probably not going to go back. They still have the supplies in the tower that Pegs landed on, which is actually all of Bert's ammo, because that's right, the, right. There's stuff of right. All of his weaponry uh, was boxed up and moved over to the other tower. So unless the Maulers find it, right? Unless the Maulers found it, but otherwise it's still there, and they don't know that they were actually in that tower. They just know that they zip lined to that tower. They didn't know they prepped supplies there. So maybe they'll go back and have a little cache of weapons there, but. Otherwise, they're starting from scratch. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, scratch. I get it. <laughs> oh, Greg. Uh, I think the molars would go and at least check out the place uh, where they saw the the tower folk uh, zipline to. Because while it might be a waste of time, it's going to waste maybe 10 minutes of their time, and it might... Uh, give them something useful, guns, food, ammo, whatever, info on where, where they're going, something. Because it's, it's what I would do. It's minimal waste of, uh, minimal expenditure of time, uh, which can potentially yield great results. That's true, but Scratch is in charge, and she's not exactly the best planner, and she's already looking for something else, which she has now found. So once she's found that thing, there's no reason to really search anymore, so she might not even consider going there. I still think she that's probably true. did. I think you're probably right. I'm just playing the devil's advocate because that's what I do. Now, it's going to be interesting. How is Scratch going to pursue Pegs? Because they don't even know where they're going, so how the heck is Scratch going to find out where they're going? Know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, they probably saw the direction the helicopter flew off to, unless the tower folk uh, make a very clever ploy and fly off in the wrong direction and then circle around. They'll know which direction they're going, and they can check on the maps, because I'm assuming they have maps, and see what's in that direction, and then try to, to come up with a reasonable destination for them, for example, for Durban. She could also pull a Lord Voldy thing on them, and that she now has possession of something that they want and need. Like, you know, Voldemort has his Horcrux mm -hmm. and Nagini that he keeps by his side. Scratch now has something... That is apparently valuable in theory. I mean, we still don't know exactly what the thing is. It could be a person. It could be an object. Although I doubt it's an object of some kind. It's probably a person. Mm -hmm. But she's got something that they want, so they're gonna have to come. They're gonna eventually have to come get it from her. Exactly. So they're gonna I mean, have if to come she gets back. on the radio and is like, "Oh hi, I have Liz, Lizzie, Bert, and Angel." And here's you know. proof of life for all of them. Right, right, right. And I, I can't imagine the chopper crew being like okay have them whatever enjoy yeah so um other than that anyone dare take any stabs at what they think is going to happen next I, we have i think they're going to fort irwin at least or 
Because I, I know next to nothing about helicopters or anything that has anything to do with technology. You know, with being from Finland, uh, we still ha are wondering about fire. And... Uh, yeah, we hunt with clubs and stone spears. Um, That's okay. And... Uh, but I think you can land a helicopter wherever Fort Irwin is, or like maybe near near where near to where that is. Then scout out the fort, then come back and report. Oh, it's Restock, empty. Restock, resupply. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they can they can scout it out, see if there are any zombies or survivors or whatever, and then if the place looks clear, they can go th go there, restock, uh, re uh, take stock of their situation, and then plan accordingly and act according to the plan because if if the if Fort Irwin is empty it's likely to have a lot of heavy ordnance i think again i don't i know nothing about the place uh i was in the states last time when i was a baby and uh but if there are uh weapons they're probably more powerful than what they have at the moment maybe 50 cals uh, assault rifles saws Rocket launchers of their own. Rocket launcher for everyone. Yay! And, Yay. You get a rocket launcher, and you get a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can mount a uh, an aerial assault Q flight of the Valkyries on the molars. Greg, give me one prediction, but it can't be that Hope's gonna die. <laughs> they're not going to Fort. Or for, they're not going to go to Fort Irwin. They're going to go somewhere completely new and start fresh. So Fort Irwin's totally out of the picture in your mind. For the moment, yeah. For the moment. Okay, Nick. How about this one? Uh, I'm going to say this Scratch leads a coup against Arai. Ooh. And she's going to take him out. And then from there, uh, I'm thinking, because we've always been talking about how there's going to be an alignment of some kind mm -hmm. uh, with Scratch in charge, if Scratch ends up being in charge. I think that she's going to contact and get a hold of the colony, because they certainly have a common enemy in Michael. Before we wrap this bad boy up, I just want to know, were you guys pleased with the finale? Very. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was very emotional and very action-oriented, and all in all, awesome voice acting, awesome situations all around, and certainly leaves me crying for not having season three yet. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny, because if you remember way back when, in an earlier episode, I said that I heard something during, during the, live sh the live reading of We're Alive. I was in the green room, and I was listening to the actors talking. And I heard something in there that gave something away. I think I cock-teased that on an episode one time. You did, and then I, I, I got it out of you, and now everyone else knows too. Um, anyway, so what I had heard way back, that, that was in April, I think it was, is I heard um, uh, Nate G's talking about Casey recording the sounds for the helicopter. So, like, way, way back when, I was like, ooh, I was like, oh, Greg, I think I told you that too. I was like, oh, I know they're, you know, and finally, it comes to be... It was amazing. You know, I was almost wondering if they were just dicking with you because we hadn't heard anything about anyone being in a helicopter yet. And I was like, I wonder if they're just not screwing with Brittany and be like, hey, Brittany. Oh, Those. Brittany's in the room. Talk about that time that we were on the helicopter. Those bastards. I know. You you would have been, for all for all this time, you've been, you would have been like, I know something, I know something. I know, I thought it was so cool. Then... Turns out I was just a loser. And then they hop so on a sad. submarine and... A submarine? <laughs> 
All right. Well, I guess now that the finale is over and we're alive, won't be picking up until this winter, which is terrible. <sighs> um, yeah, Greg and I are going to be holding down the fort. We're going to be reviewing old chapters. We'll be interviewing the actors, the staff, you know, getting Casey and Shane on here. Hopefully get a lot more listeners of We're Not Dead and Real Live on here, too, ones that haven't been on before. Um, next Aww. week's, I know, next week's episode will be dedicated to chapter 24 again, but we might be able to use the blog talk, uh, tech that Casey used for the live streaming, I guess when people could call in and whatnot, cool. I'm not sure how that works. So it just might be like a live episode. We don't know yet, but we'll figure it out. Ooh. So that's that. Any last words? There's some cool things that are going to be happening on the forum while, uh, we are in the midst of our hellacious season two to season three break. Uh, it's getting redesigned in theory, uh, and making it a little more tower oriented. So, like, instead okay. of having your own profile, you're actually going to have an apartment. Uh, oh, cool. The blogs are going to be retitled to like journals, things like that, and that's all coming down the road. Um, which we haven't decided any of it, but look for a redesign of the forum. You know, keep coming back to the forum, talk to us. We're fine. And how can they find the forum, Greg? You go to zombiepodcast.com. Then there's a whole bunch of cool information, including the forum. There you go. Yes, that works. true. Uh, there's going to be some cool blog features. Uh, they call me Revolver, and I have started a blog called Survivor Survival Inc. Oh yeah, which I that. is all about uh, people's survival tacti- uh, tactics and plans. You, which you use Google Maps, right? You use right? Google Maps. You pinpoint things you want us to grade you on, and then we'll grade you on like population, your how close you are to like stores and things you can steal from. Uh, your natural resources like water and animals you can hunt and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, so we just sort of grade you overall on what we think your survivability would be in a zombie apocalypse. Not a we're alive zombie apocalypse because no one survives a we're alive zombie apocalypse because the zombies are too awesome. Oops. How ironic. Unless you have Casey Wheeland at your back. Goddamn yeah. right. Casey's the only yeah. one who survives. Maybe Shane too. The rest of us die. <laughs> All right, so I guess that wraps this bad boy up. A cool hour and one minute. Not too bad. Woo-hoo. All right, so for Greg, for Nick, and for Petre. Pet- Petri. 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 You were doing Pet- so well just, just, this whole time. Just for and giggles, try to pronounce my last name. I have a friend named Petri, so I kind of got thrown off and, you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, thank okay. you for coming on, buddy. It was a blast to have you on. Thank you very much. Th- thank you very much for having me. Bye. Bye. Skittles. 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 <laughs>